Welcome to Catholic Church Reform International podcast series. Today's topic is small Christian communities, and we are fortunate to have as our guest Father Joe Healy, a Marino missionary priest from Nairobi, Kenya, talking to us all the way from Nairobi, and a longtime friend of Catholic Church Reform International. Father Joe, so good to have you on the show today. Greetings from Nairobi, Kenya, in East Africa. A personal welcome to each of you listening to this CCRI podcast episode. I invite you on this unique journey of learning more about and hopefully participating in small Christian communities of many kinds. And for short, we say SCC. We want to encourage both physical SCCs and online SCCs. In this podcast, we hope to reach out to people who want to be more than just a Sunday Catholic. To those of you who currently attend church, but also would like a smaller, more personal community. To those of you who have walked away from the institutional church for whatever reason, we will look at how to join an SCC and even how to begin one. We will ask, why belong to an SCC? First, let me introduce myself. I am a member of the St. Quisito Small Christian Community in the Waruku section of St. Austin's Parish, Nairobi Archdiocese, country of Kenya, continent of Africa, world. I am an ordinary member without any responsibility or leadership because the lay people are the ones who lead the small Christian communities. That's why it's a new way of being church. And we priests and brothers and sisters are not the leaders, we're not the bosses. We follow the lead of the lay people themselves. So let's look now as we go back into time. In my courses on small Christian community, I ask, what was the first small community No one gets it right. The answer, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ in the Trinity. Beautiful. It's the Trinitarian life that is the basis of the small Christian community model of church. When we come to the first small Christian community, it's Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the Holy Family. And then all through the Acts of the Apostles, we meet the first Christian communities in the post-resurrection time. Now, if we fast forward to today, 2019, we have several million small Christian communities of different shapes and forms spread around the world. Here in Eastern Africa, in our nine countries belonging to the Amasea Bishops Group, we have 180,000 small Christian communities. So there's a lot of momentum, energy in this model of church. What do you think is causing this rapid growth? Well, to begin with, I think people are putting into practice the meaning of the Second Vatican Council. At the Second Vatican Council, we talked about ecclesial and ecclesiology, communion, and how we are called to family. We are called 
to a communitarian life. And I think people are experiencing this hunger, this need for a small Christian community from the grassroots, from below. Father Joe, you described that these are so prevalent in Eastern Africa. Tell us a little bit about them and then how they differ, if at all, from the small gatherings going on in America. As it turned out, back in 1973, the bishops of Eastern Africa said the large anonymous Sunday masses in our parish where a thousand or two thousand people would gather was not creating a vibrant Christianity. So they said, this is the church from the top. We need a church from below, from the grassroots. So they said, we have to build small Christian communities as a new model of church and a new ecclesial pastoral model of church. So they said, let's start from below, in the rural areas, in the villages, in the urban areas, in the local neighborhoods, and form small Christian communities of about 15 to 20 people who would gather together in a circle and pray and share together. So it was a felt need from the viewpoint of the Catholic Church structure, but also it responded to the communitarian and family values of African people and cultures. I so agree with you that if the church is going to be relevant in today's world, we've got to begin with the people at the grassroots. Even Pope Francis said he wants to see the church model become a upside down pyramid, but he's having an awfully hard time making that really happen. I have a small faith community right here. In fact, we meet in my home once a month. And this is, ours is essentially a sharing of the gospel for the coming Sunday. And then we have a dialogue applying that reading to our lives, how it fits for us, what we are doing, what we can do better, what we're having difficulty with. And then we close by sharing the bread and wine over a Eucharistic meal. We follow that with a potluck dinner. Is that a typical format for a small faith community? Interestingly enough, uh, as I go around the world, I like to use several mantras or one-liners. And the first one is, the local context is king and queen. In other words, it starts from below. It starts from the grassroots. So what is relevant to you in Reno would be very different from me in Nairobi. The other mantra we use is we create the path by walking. One of the key theologians in the whole theology of small Christian communities is the Brazilian theologian, Jose Marins, who says that the small Christian communities are not a movement in the Catholic Church, but the church on the move. And this is key. We have very important and valuable movements in the Catholic Church, the Marian movement, the charismatic movement, some of the new ecclesial movements, but that's a different model of church. That's from the top down. They have an international constitution and bylaws and guidelines. 
The small Christian community model is from below, from the grassroots. And so as your community there in Reno meets once a month, it's the members of that community where the local context determines the style and format you use. What is meaningful to you is important. But at the same time, I think it's significant to be able to say, when I travel in the United States and Europe, I am challenged often to explain how our small Christian community's pastoral ecclesial model in Eastern Africa is different than the various models of church in the U.S. and Europe. I'm not saying better or worse, but different. The Amasea Bishop's model in Eastern Africa is different from what we call the small groups model popular in the United States and Europe, and is based on three foundations. First, weekly lectionary-based Bible sharing and faith sharing. This is key, and it connects the gospel to our daily life. The well-known Jesuit writer Tom Reese says, lectionary-based Catholics can change the world. In other words, if we read the gospel every Sunday and really apply it to our daily life, then transformation will occur. So the weekly meeting is essential for us. Second is regular practical action and outreach. As important as the Bible is, we also have to reach out in service to others. And then finally, the communion of communities model where the small Christian communities are structurally connected to the parish. And this comes from the ecclesiology of the Second Vatican Council. There are many models. Your model of once a month is a fine model, but for ours, it's parish-based where all the small Christian communities are linked into the parish, and it's through the small Christian community leaders that the parish pastoral council is formed. So I say, as I travel around the world, it's not either or, it's both and. So it's whatever it's for that community. It can be many things. Are there, are there other formats you want to just give us an example of, of beyond the Eucharist, celebrating the Eucharist itself, which was pivotal to our group, others may not want to do that. Well, your particular model is very close to the intentional Eucharistic communities that I meet around the world. And Correct. one of the core members of CCRI is Clyde, who works in Washington and belongs to NOVA. And we call those more the free-floating model. These are Catholics who are you might say, discontent with what they find in the parish. It's not energizing. It's not nourishing for them. So they form their own small intentional Eucharistic community. I think that's a wonderful model of responding to the signs of the time. A recent model is how CCRI has encouraged listening circles around the world, especially with young people. And again, these aren't connected to the parish, but they're the felt need and desire of Catholics, Christians, who want to share together in a circle. And the circle is like 
the, the symbol of the small Christian communities. Another model very common now in India and in Asia is called the small human community. It's not Christian as such because you have in India, for example, Christians and Hindus gathering together in small circles and sharing life. In Asia, Christians and Buddhists or Christians and Muslims meeting and sharing together. We call them small human communities. The fastest growing would be though the online small Christian communities that use Zoom, Skype, Facebook, and different types of social media. And this is what attracts young people today through the social media. They can share together and journey together in their journey of faith. In our community, we're a little bit of both of what you described. Some of our members are regular Sunday churchgoers. Others rely totally on our small community to be their faith experience. And they rely on it and, and come um, feeling that it's so critical and important to their lives. We are also ecumenical. We are not just all of one faith, but we are all Christian in our group. But if someone is looking to uh, find out if there is a small gathering, a small community anywhere in their part of the world, is there somewhere they can go to look it up and see if there's one? We have a saying here in Eastern Africa, go digital or die. In other words, everything is on the internet today. And you just Google it and you'll find it. 90% of the resources on small Christian communities can be found on the internet, especially by a search engine like Google. I myself have compiled a free online ebook that has reached 1,120 pages. And on this ebook, we have all sorts of documentation, free online resources. We have an appendix that contains 27 online e-resource materials on the ongoing formation and training of small Christian community members. And so we can have, for example, uh, the format of a small Christian community, the structure of a small Christian community, the size of a small Christian community, all giving options for people to find what fits their local context best. How would someone access your book, your online book? Well, the easiest way is go to the Small Christian Communities website, and I'll give the URL or website address. It's https colon two slash marks, and then one word, small Christian communities, that's in the plural, smallchristiancommunities.org. And then going to that website, there's a very strong search engine and you can find anything you want. The other day, someone from the Philippines asked me for some information and I found there were 20, 52 references to the Philippines on our free online ebook. Let me ask you, if a group comes together and they do not have a priest regularly, what would you say to them? 
We have a little joke here in Eastern Africans say, it'll probably work better. <laughs> we have a, we have a long, <laughs> we have a long section in our book on obstacles to the growth of small Christian communities. And one of the main obstacle are the priests themselves. Any priest who comes from the clerical hierarchical model of church is going to find the small Christian communities threatening. And so they have to be challenged to what you mentioned about Pope Francis, the inverted pyramid. One of the leaders of the small communities in Kenya, a very fine woman named Rose Musimba, has the joke that the lay people remain firm and consistent in living in a parish. The priests come and go. So she said that we can have a very wonderful small Christian community model in a parish with support from the priest. He might be transferred and the next priest comes in and has a different vision of church. His is for social action or development projects. So what Rose says is we're the victim of the next parish priest that comes along. Now I took that to the priest that I know here in Nairobi and their joke was we're the victim of the next bishop who comes along. So we have to fight the hierarchical clerical style. And it's only going to be challenged from below, from the grassroots, from our local context. That's where it all happens. You know, what you're describing right now is so much a part of our work. We realize that this monarchical style of the church is truly outdated and needs to be replaced with some form of democracy where the people have have a real say, not just a suggestive uh, idea put forth to the pastor, but really has a say in what's going on. But our challenge in CCRI is to get the pew Catholics, what I call pew potatoes, instead of couch potatoes, off their death to really want to do something, to realize that we are the church. It is not a hierarchical church. We, the people, are the church. And if there is to be any kind of turnaround of our church, if there is concern about the clerical sex abuse crisis, if there's concern about how women are being treated, how LGBT community are being treated, then it is never going to come from the top down, it's only going to come from us. So our work is to try to find ways to initiate, to spur on, to inspire people who wait for Father to tell them what to do, that no, you don't have to do that. You have a primacy of conscience. You, the Spirit can speak through you and listen to the voice of the Spirit and follow that voice. But. This is our greatest challenge, how to really make this happen. People are so content to be passive. I don't know if you have any suggestion for how to get people past the passivity into really wanting to take a role in leading the church forward. I immediately think of Margaret Mead, the well-known anthropologist who said, the only way that change occurs in the world is when a small group of people, committed, dedicated people, join together and fight for change. And I think that's 
what we have to do in the Catholic Church. Change will come from below if it's in the power of the small community. It's not individuals making the change, but the social transformation comes from when a small group of people read the gospel and then called to by Jesus as he changed his society that they would change our society from below. Being as specific as you can, if someone wants to start something of their own, gathering right in the living room and meeting with people that they feel com- whom they feel comfortable with, then how would you recommend as as step by step as you can be how to begin? How do you start this? There has to be that felt need from below that I want to participate in an active church that what we call does bible sharing and faith sharing together. I had a dramatic example in the United States in New Jersey when I met a sister who was coordinating the small Christian communities in her parish. And I said, what is the biggest obstacle for Americans to start small Christian communities? She said, fear. I was shocked. Fear. What do you mean? She said, we don't want to be vulnerable with each other. We don't want to share our weaknesses, our concerns, our questions. So we have to get over that fear and realize that it's in our vulnerability. It's as wounded healers that we have our strength, and that strength is in Christ and his uh, strength for us. So it's not going to be a large number of people. Again, it'll be small, committed people who want to live their Christian life differently. Years ago, when I worked as a religious ed director in Catholic parishes, we had what we called back then home masses, very much along the lines of a small faith gathering. But people in my community, in our in our parish, wanted more than just the Sunday experience. So uh, we began moving around in various uh, people's homes and having little home masses. They were they were beautiful and very. Uh, um, involving of the people to where they felt more personal when they when they came together in this form as opposed to they enjoyed the Sunday Mass but this was a little bit different and, and quite special. Throughout the 80s and 90s everything about Vatican II seemed to fade away. It just kept going backwards and backwards till I felt like I was batting my head against a wall trying to uh, override this sliding backwards and during that time, I think we lost the whole concept of home gatherings, or at least in our part of the world, it didn't take any kind of precedence. But now, something has changed. I think partly people are fed up, and that anger, that dissatisfaction with the church is drawing them to look for some alternative, some other way that I can be a model of Jesus in today's world, some other way that I can practice my own spirituality. So I do see these gatherings being something on the move and really growing, but I I find it difficult to show people how to do it. When I myself began this one, I turned to another friend who was actually a married former priest, 
And together he invited his friends and I invited mine and we just decided we'd try something. And we gathered, we took turns between our homes. So maybe that's as simple an answer as we can offer. Today, after six years of having my community, we are a membership of about 12. And typically at any gathering, we are seven or eight who are actually able to make it. But I would say to people listening today, if you want to do something, if you're inspired, if the Spirit is speaking to you that you want to make something happen, listen to that voice of the Spirit. Do something. Pick up the phone. Call a friend who might share your same feeling and talk about where it might go and where it might lead from there. It could be that simple, couldn't it, Father? Excellent. And I'll give you a concrete example of an online community. Six years ago, two of my friends who were living in different parts of East Africa said, why don't we share the scriptures together? So we said, let's start on Skype, an online small Christian community. And all our small communities in Eastern Africa have a saint's name. And this is going to be new for some of the listeners to this podcast. The patron saint of the internet is Saint Isidore of Seville. So that's what we gave as the name of our small Christian community on Skype. And for six years now, faithfully, we meet every week. In the United States, it's about 10 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. In the East Africa, it'll, that'll make it around 5 p.m. But every week for six years, we've had a vibrant, living, online small Christian community. And we gather between six and 10 every week. So you can do that with your core of friends. Start an online small Christian community using the social media. And I particularly want to to the attention of young adults. Is I think beyond any group, the young adult community are the ones who've most given up. The church just doesn't speak to them. What they have to say doesn't address the experiences of their lives. So to young people who might be listening to this, I suggest start something. Call a friend. Get together with a small group of you and talk about what is important to you. For many young adults, the environment and the care of our earth is an, an issue of huge concern. Social justice issues are huge concerns to young people. So pursue the interests that you all have, that you all share, and make your community build it around the topics that are important. Father Joe, this, this topic is so important. I want to make sure that we have a follow-up episode so that we can go into this with more depth. Would you be available? Sure, and I'd like to pick up on how you ended, how to reach out to young Catholics, the millennials, to this new model of church. So let me remind all of you that if you want to learn more from Father Joe, go to www.smallchristiancommunitiesplural.org, all one word. Also, our organization has started a, a website just for this purpose, and we call it Heart of the Church. So go to www.heartofthechurch.org, and there you will find more ideas about this whole concept. Father Joe, thanks for being our guest today. We look forward to having you back. 
Great, and I'll end with a wonderful proverb that describes the meaning of the small Christian community journey. We create the path by walking. We thank all of you for listening today and hope you'll join us for our next broadcast. Until then, 